everyone, and welcome to another episode of Always Open. We are so glad you're here with us, as always. I'm your host, Barbara Dunkelman, and today I'm joined by two of my very good friends, starting with Lane Gibson. <laughs> I don't know what to do with the mic pack. I've been on this show so many times, and I'm like... I'm you can just, leave it on the table. Put it be, yeah? Yeah. All right, there it is. Yeah. Hey, it's me. It's Blaine Gibson. How's Blaine Gibson, welcome, welcome back to the show. Thank you, thank you. And uh, he hasn't been on the show for a while, but he's back, and better than ever... Chris Damaris. Hi. Better than ever is questionable. What have you done since the last time you were on the show to, be- to better yourself? What makes you better than ever, Chris? Well, I've aged. So more wisdom. <laughs> wisdom. All right. Does uh, Do you think we get wiser as we age, or do you think it starts to deteriorate I think it's a at some mix. point? Yeah. I think there's... I feel like I'm getting dumber. I, I think I'm getting more perceptive, and I have better... Uh, 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 my answers are slower. <laughs> I know that much. My answers have gotten slowed down quite a bit, but I do feel like I have better perspective on things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I agree. But like, I feel like you get perspective, and you and you approach generally approach things more um, maturely. Like, yeah. You're not as like quick to more rational. Yeah, more rational. You're yeah. able to like step back and be like, okay, wait, I I've been in both. I've been in this situation before, or I've been on that person's uh, situation before. So, yeah. So you. You're just, uh, yeah, more mature about it. But also, I think as you get older, you get more locked in to the to the way you think, the way you react, and so it's harder to be like, you think oh you've yeah, been like that too. I feel like that's like a um, a very like stereotypical like boomer generation kind of mindset nah, I of think, like being very it is. stubborn. It is. I feel like may- maybe I'm just like being biased, but I feel like our generation, the millennial generation, is typically a little more open minded. I would agree, and like up to being challenged on things. I- I like to think that, and I agree right now, but I also don't know what I'm going to be like when I'm, like, 60, you know? Right. <laughs> I, I, I think that Wrong there's... Suck. I pride myself in, like, being able to be proven wrong and just being like, no, no, you were right. This is, like, the the right thing and stuff like that. And I think that that, like, shows, like, an openness to learn, and I, like, I gravitate towards people that are like that. It's never fun to just talk to a brick wall that's, no. like... You're immovable. literally talking to a brick wall. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, this is fake brick. It, yeah. A Sorry brick to ruin the what? illusion. Oh, the illusion's broken. Yeah, you could you could hammer something right into it or stick a little pin into it if you wanted to. It's, I think it's foam. Yeah. Looks but, great, though. I mean, like, even from, like, high school to now, I mean, obviously, we've all changed, but, like, I even switched, like, political parties and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, you just got to kind of see the other side and entertain it. Well, n- not Nazis, though. You don't have to, you don't have to hear yeah, the other yeah, side. Yeah, I don't think you have to entertain those no. at all. Um, well, welcome to the show. You Thank know, you. Thank happy you. to have you here. Uh, obviously, I wanted to get you guys on the show together because love talking to you guys, love picking your brains. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to talk about a project that we finished but are still working on post-production for, uh, Stinky Dragon Adventures, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about it on the show before. But Stinky Dragon, Tales from the Stinky Dragon is a podcast all three of us and John Reisinger and Gus Arola are on. Um, it's a D&D podcast. It's an actual play podcast that... It's like a radio play when you listen to it. So there's sound effects, music, voiceovers. Voice actors, yeah. Voice actors. Um, it's one of our favorite productions that I think we've ever worked on here at the company. Yeah. And Stinky Dragon Adventures is an adaptation of that podcast, which is essentially like a cinematic puppet show. It, putting it very simply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess the closest I can, like comps would be like, it's like a mix of like Adventure Time meets Fraggle Rock. Or some pup, I don't know. There's yeah. really, like, you were talking, we had a meeting the other day, and you were like, there's nothing like Stinky Dragon. And I was like, yeah, no, I can't there really, really think of anything else that's like it. So. I was like, maybe the closest thing to it is, like, uh, 
what's that show called that Seth Green writes? Robot Chicken. Robot oh, Chicken. Yeah. But, but yeah. format-wise, it's very different. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kid-friendly, family-friendly. Um, Aesthetic-wise, Robot Chicken's a, a pretty decent comp. Yeah. 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 But that's stop motion, right? Yeah. And this yeah. is not stop motion. Yeah. Definitely but not. <laughs> one thing <laughs> we wanted to do when we were like trying to adapt it is because the podcast, it's, you know, it's, Stinky Dragon is a wonderful podcast uh but again it's 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 a it's many hours long it's uh which i think is great because of it like yeah. it's something you can listen to it's what the D fans like right? yeah yeah more um, it's just like this big <laughs> long story and trying to adapt it a lot we, had, we we did the short form little puppet videos to promote the podcast and those were uh clips taken from the podcast that mm-hmm. we then puppeted yeah. a thing one to. for one kind of like a rtaa if you're familiar with those yeah mm-hmm. um but people were like oh i would love to see the full podcast like that yeah that, that's what people kept saying and we're like well we can't do that because to you know it's like <laughs> it take our whole lives we'd still be yeah. working on episode two right now yeah i mean yeah. it's it's like a hundred hours or something and i also don't think it would be as entertaining Mm-mm. because it's like a lot of discussion and back and forth and it's just not as like action-packed and so we're like okay well what how could we do a full version of the show and yeah. really the answer was well it would have to be a an actual adaptation where it's like we're taking the story and the characters and writing it as a show mm-hmm. as like a tv show essentially kind of like what vox machina yeah i think did was critical role yeah that's actually a really good comp yeah prepared um, show too uh i also want to point out too like you guys were the writers and directors on stinky dragon adventures but for the actual podcast tales from the stinky dragon mm-hmm. micah risinger who is John's brother, mm-hmm. uh, writes and composes and edits the show and has like essentially helped create this magnificent world that we're all basing these stories off of well, mm-hmm. and the characters that we built as well. Don't sell yourself short because like I think it's like the big thing about D&D is it's a collaborative storytelling experience. So yeah, Micah made that. And I'm not trying to downplay Micah's role in this at all. He's so like talented and we could not have done it without him but also like our characters we team you, effort yeah it's it's a big team effort so we all <laughs> had a huge part to play in, in making the story For so sure. like that's why in the the credits chris and i talked about this it's like who do we attribute the story to and it's like well it's like it's based on a podcast by and it's just like a list of all by of all us people, yeah, yeah. everyone on the who's like and also ben ernst and david mm-hmm. saunier who work on the show produce and uh you know assistant direct and everything or assistant edit um huge team effort to yeah. make a really fun show but i also wanted to bring up the fact that we worked on stinky dragon adventures together mm-hmm. for nine weeks straight mm-hmm. 10 hours a day it's a long production <laughs> and we're somehow still friends yeah i actually was talking right? to barbara to, <laughs> we're friends, the, friends. The, the table is just shaking from us <laughs> kicking each other i was talking to kristen or my partner kristen last night and i was like man i don't feel like my friendships have been stronger with like barbara and chris and it's just like, I, I'm so glad that we made it through, but also I think came out on the other end like stronger because yeah. of it. Yeah. Closer. It's going through challenging um, experiences does can can bring you closer to people. It can also like push you away from people if no. you don't go through them maturely. Well, mm. I think that kind of wisdom uh, swings back to what we talked about right at the top of the show, which is like learning to... Um, I guess, like, admit when you're wrong mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that, where it's like, obviously, there's challenges, there's disagreements on productions like this. There's long days. There's a lot of stress that comes with it. Um, but being able to, like, talk through things and compromise and work on solutions together when not everyone agrees all the time 
is I think like a big maturity step and that comes with age. Yeah. And we can get into this more, but like something that Chris and I talked about, and this is something I talk about with my partner and, and my therapist kind of bestowed this knowledge onto me. It's not you versus the person. It's mm-hmm. you and the person versus the problem. So oh. it's like when you guys are have a team effort and your guys are just like, there's difficulties arising it's it's because of this problem. It's not because of you guys. Mm-hmm. At least that that that's you know true most of the time. But. Yeah, I mean there can be I guess situations where you you don't you inherently don't agree and you're fighting each other. But like I feel like any issues we had on production or just with this project, it, yeah, it was truly we were all fighting and working really hard Constantly. to well oh, <laughs> fight. I was going to say fighting to make the best thing possible yeah. and like really cared about the thing. And so any, any like conflict would stem from the stress of trying to get it, make it the best it could be or like. Right. And that all stems from being really like you care a lot. About yeah. The thing. Like, oh, it's yeah. really yeah. easy to um, make something and, uh, and not have any conflict if you don't care. Right. You know, you're like, all right, whatever. We're all so invested. So it's just like, you know, everybody's like, Yeah. It just really wants the best for it. Yeah. And that could be challenging. I still remember the first day of production. It, that was the first day of production was a challenge. Oh, yeah. I think it's because we were just getting into the rhythm of it. Obviously, we had shot the puppet shorts before, mm-hmm. but this was like getting into a very big production, bigger scale, bigger storylines, everything like that, more moving pieces. And uh, first day was tough. And I remember thinking, this is going to be. Not good. <laughs> yeah, this is eight weeks. I am really nervous about this. Um, but then, like, second day was smooth sailing. I think we were all, like, getting into the swing of it. Obviously, mm-hmm. there was days throughout the production that were a little mind-bogglingly yeah. numb. There's ups yeah. and downs, and that's, that's like, the case with any production. But I think a big thing was, like, Chris took a step back after day one and just kind of figured out what some of the, you know, choke points were. And, like, it was just a learning experience. We are yeah. constantly evolving and figuring out so that we can you know all collaboratively work together on this thing yeah i think because me and uh blaine we wrote it and directed it together so we both had especially in the writing a very like visions for it yeah um and we were also directing the show together yeah and, and it's very easy to well, you're trying to be respectful of the other person, so you're like want to get their input and on stuff. And if there's two completely there's two different thing, and it's ways like, of thinking, we basically were that first day. I feel like we're one beyond just getting started up. It's just also like, oh, hey, does this work for you, Blaine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or wait, or we're like, wait, did Blaine have this figure? You know, you're, we're kind of like stumbling over each other in a way. Yeah, um, yeah, because the first day it hadn't been established yet, but you guys were simultaneously directing, and mm-hmm. then after that. Y'all decided, okay, we'll split up the days, we'll yeah. split up the scenes. And so that... Which worked so much better. Well, yeah. it also worked out, too, because, like, I think we both trust each other's visions on on projects. And, you know, we'll have inputs and ways that we can improve something, and we'll let that be known. But for the most part, it's like, when it was Chris's turn, I was pretty, lo- like, lousy fair hands off, like, getting ready for my next scene, prepping and everything like that, just because, like, I knew he had it handled. As opposed to us just being like, well, I want him to go left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you want him to go right. Uh, because, yeah, it, it allow, it's better utilization of resources. For sure. It's easier for crew to be like, all right, who who's taking point on this? Yeah. And and we're, yeah, like Blaine said, it's like, okay, you're doing this one. I can start prepping for this next scene. Or I was also concurrently doing uh, a simple walk 
too. Oh my you God. were doing post-production on that, which took a lot of a your lot. time. Yeah, so I was even having to step away for that. Which, by the way, check out Simple Walk too. It's on Rooster Teeth. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. If you talk, if you want to talk about uh, exper- challenging experiences that you <laughs> come out the other side and you feel closer to the people, you and Carrie. Uh, yeah, and just everyone like and and uh, Nick Newton from that. I mean, I mean that was if you watch the. The most challenging experience I've ever had in my life. I thought Certainly you were going to die. So did I. I really thought, I really, the fact that you came back and I'm like, oh, you're back. <laughs> I was like yeah. legit surprised. Hey, and um, if you like feet, check out Simple Walk too. Oh you're going to get a whole well, face full of You feet. won't like feet anymore. Yeah, no. Yeah. And, and I'll say this, and maybe um, we can talk more about it another time because I feel like there's a lot of talk about just that experience with yeah, maybe we'll, we'll try to get you and Carrie on together. But you know, this is, I think this is a, sh- a show that we make that where people. You, it's a, you talk a little more about emotional stuff. I, I I've never gotten more emotional on a production than I did on that one. Really? Yeah. I mean, I cried. I got. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I've never seen, I've never seen Chris cry too. So seeing that in the finale, I was like, oh my god. I got pretty emotional on this production, Stinky Dragon Adventures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that last shot, finishing it up, which is funny. We were talking about this the other day. The first shot we got and the last shot we got were both in episode one. They were mm-hmm. the same scene. Yeah. Yeah. It was all in that castle like lineup when. Uh, With Jada. Dude, that was a weird day too. And, uh, the way I've been explaining it to people like, oh, how does it feel to be out of production? It's like, it feels like when I graduated college or moved to a new place because my lifestyle completely changed. I yeah. went from like these, you know, nine to seven shoots every day for two months over Staring two months at tiny little actors yeah in the same room with the same people to like you know kind of a different schedule and it's just like yeah it's yeah. weird the, yeah. the the post shoot shock is always a weird thing yeah. i remember i got hit really hard after arizona circle kind of yeah. went through de- depression because it's like i miss all my friends and i miss being productive it becomes just regular part of life mm-hmm. yeah for sure um well, I guess I'm curious too. I also, before we get too far away from it, um, I want to shout out the rest of the crew that we worked with on Stinky Dragon Adventures. Yeah. We've got Cody Hawkins right over there. Rest in peace. Associate producer, gaffer, lighter, er, puppeter, everything. Um, Cameron Pester, incredible DP. Rest in peace. On the shoot. <laughs> Marla, who was our producer, and then Ashley Jones, who was our PA. Fantastic. Ash Schmidt, who did the fabrication. Uh, some of the puppets, all the, like the sets and little pieces and stuff like that. Fantastic work. Um, and Gus Rolla for his one day <laughs> that he came in to help when you were out. Yeah. <laughs> I was so jealous. I was like, I want a puppet with Gus. They're also our amazing post team, which they're oh, all like 100%. busy right now plugging away at the next, I think we're on like four or five. So yeah. And by the time this comes out, I think this will be December 6th. It'll be a December to remember. 5th? That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the note of of working together, what would you guys say is your advice for people who want to work on big projects with close friends? Mm. Don't live together. <laughs> hmm. Have some separation. Uh, we can't uh, speak. To I that, can't. But. I can't speak to that <laughs> inherently. Um, but and and again, people have done that and it works out fine. One thing I've always tried to do, at least, because I worked very closely with a lot of pe- my friends in college who I really was more like coworkers, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like Zach Ganner and and a lot of, you know, older rooster teeth alum, like Marshall Rimmer and stuff. Um, and, and, and Josh Flanagan too. Uh, we, we worked together in college, like that we'd make do big productions and things like that. I always made it a point, you know, 
not to live because you have roommates. I was like, I want to live with people that I'm not um, like working that intimately with, at least in terms of like, like, and again, I think you can do that. That's just been, that's what, for me, that's what I need. You just need that yeah. separation. From I need work that and separation. Life. Some, Those boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Well, our producer, Marla, actually like, collaborates with her husband yeah that's what i'm saying some people can do it great. so they can do it I, and i guess and, and i guess and barb you, love. <laughs> you and trevor live and work together but y'all work on we, different projects we look, yeah we don't really work together yeah like i think it'd be way different if he was on stinky dragon or yeah. like mm -hmm. anything like that that we worked on all the time together but i think he and i have a relationship that could work with that yeah i don't think everyone necessarily does yeah i think my which is not trying to speak down on anyone's relationship yeah yeah my, I, ha I have an addiction to Trevor, so <laughs> I, I'm cool with him all the time. I think my advice would be uh, communication, just keeping each other like informed on emotions and feelings and just like checking in regularly. And uh, I mean, this is something that I practice with my, with my girlfriend as well. It's just like, just, just checking in, you know, even if it's like things have cooled down and there's nothing going on, just like having that open line of communication have I ever told you guys about Andy's day? Ever told you about this? I don't think so. Uh, my girlfriend moved in in September 12th of 2022, I want to say. So every 12th of every month, we go to a ice cream place, typically Andy's, and we get ice cream to celebrate her living there for another month. And we do a report card check-in. And we just say, <laughs> how am I doing? And then it's always, we're always A++++. plus 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 plus. And then that's our, that's our open safe space to give each other our feedback I and it's that. like hey that's i like good. how you handled this i think this could be you know i could do this better you know so just like having that mm. constant communication healthiest relationship i've ever been in that's a good that's a good thing that's yeah. a, and you it's, and you and you incorporated ice cream into it which i, I think know is chris is a big we need to have an we need to have <laughs> yeah, an andy's day our own <laughs> ice cream checking day but yeah i do think if there's something that said like if you're working on something long there's gonna be like some it, things are gonna like build up uh, there's, there's gonna, gonna be tension there's tension. gonna be butting heads um inevitably and, and you don't have to like talk about it all the time but i think it is important to like if some something comes up rather than just like completely ignore it you don't have to stop every like stop let's talk about this right now because sometimes you're heated right yeah but having a chance to like maybe at the end of the day being yeah like, revisit and be like hey uh let's Let's see. Yeah. Well, what were you? What was going on for you emotionally? Here's. You know. What was yeah. going on for me? Here's. I'm of the opinion of doing it sooner rather than later. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people snip it in the bud. Get kind of like worked up about something and then kind of hold it in and let it fester until yeah. like then like every other little thing that person does bothers them and it kind of builds into this bigger thing than it needs to be rather than right away being like, hey, um, I just want to talk to you about this thing. You know, when you said it this way, it made me feel bad about this or like I didn't really like the way you you know did this without consulting me whatever it is whatever the situation is uh, I think when you talk about it right away it really helps give perspective on the situation to both people rather than be like well why didn't you talk about it when oh, yeah. the problem happened because that pressure builds and builds and then suddenly you're bringing up something from two months ago and yeah. you're like what the hell does that even like I didn't even I forgot what about that, that? and anything? then it's like it's been bothering that other person for months you know yeah and yeah. knowing that it's not necessarily like I think a lot of people take feedback like that really personally mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily that like no one's a mind reader first of all mm -hmm. so like I think that's to be said also with relationships not even just like working relationships um, but something someone won't know something is bothering you unless you talk about it yeah so I mean Chris and I even had as we were transitioning out of principal photography into post 
we had to go get drinks to just be to get on the same page because we had a couple of things where we we're like bumping up against each other. Yeah, sure. Um, we went out and got like I was like we spent like two hours at Torchies or something just talking over beers and nachos. And by the end of it, like it sounds I, well. Yeah, it yeah. does. <laughs> but it, but it's just also getting away from a work environment and just you know hashing stuff out. Like I felt like that was like one of the most productive talks I've had, and I, I feel like since then mm-hmm. we've been really working well together. So and, and it, I would say it's not that we were not working oh no it's not we're still there's always room for improvement well we were working fine and we were like continuing about but i think it's just like oh there's been a couple things that have bothered one of us or has like blown up and then we're like oh you know it's fine sure and it's like hey let's just like i think it really was because i i think we were some like short texts and stuff was like hey i think we have some let's Mm -hmm. just like sit down and like address address it it." it's an elephant in the room yeah Mm -hmm. and and then i was like let's and let's I, I, to me, it was a big thing. I was like, let's not do it at work. Let's not do it. Like, let's yeah. let's go out and like have like sit down somewhere just so we're like a little more relaxed and it's not, we don't. That's a good piece um, of advice too is get out of the work environment yeah, place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just kind of went through a lit. I mean, going back from like, we started like, where we were writing. June. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like back from like even the writing process yeah. to being like uh, up through production. And, and again, I think, Pretty much everything was stuff that was just either uh, um, uh, a victim of, of circumstance or sure. misunderstanding, or sure. and there are certain things where it's like uh, we one of us didn't handle like I, like oh I handled that poorly I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah and it's like but having the, having context for the having context oh I didn't realize that whenever I said this that you were you we're going through that we're doing or, this yeah. or yeah, yeah, or. Yeah. And, and I think it's just like, yeah. And I it's think like, that's so important. I think, I'm glad you guys did. That. I think postmortems are also just important in general. And they, they happen like in, in a lot of projects. And if, you know, if you work in like a creative field or even if you don't, if you just work on like a project to project basis, postmortems where you can come in and say, okay, highs and lows. What did we do great? What can we improve on? Like, that's, Otherwise, yeah. you just continue and nothing ever gets better. And but oh, it yeah. gets certain, you know, like if you don't stop to think about the what you just did yeah then you're never like well no one's going to put any effort to, to remedy that for yeah. the next time and history will repeat itself yeah and we are hoping to do more seasons of this mm-hmm. of course i think i speak for all of us when we say it's like one of our favorite projects we've ever touched we've ever made um and i think the the feedback and seeing everyone's reaction to the show has been like so rewarding as yeah. well so if you haven't yet seen it, please go check it out. It's please. at stinkydragonpod.com. Um, I think right now at least four episodes should be available, maybe three, oh, man. depending on the timing. Like the time travel of that time. <laughs> uh, something we're really proud of. It's all available to watch for free. And there also is a, a bonus show for first members, which, by the way, if you're a first member, thank you for supporting us. Um, but it's essentially like our patronage. So if you want to get some behind the scenes, we do a director's commentary on the show. Uh, where you have some of us and then some puppet characters as well talking about the episodes and kind of the making of it. So mm-hmm. go check that out on stinkydragonpod.com. Woohoo. Woohoo. All right. Well, now let's get to other people's issues. <laughs> <laughs> I, you send these out ahead of time and I read one of them and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. um, so this one actually I think will be a good question to relate to a, a stuff that we work on. Mm. All right, so this one reads, I could tell I'm burning the candle at both ends, and I don't know how to manage the life that I've created for myself. 
This fall, I began one of my lifelong dreams and started a doctoral program in music. This had been a big dream deferred for me because I finished my master's degree in 2019. I'm now 28 and starting a three-year program. I want to acknowledge that I have a lot of privilege to be able to pursue a higher education, especially after several years away. I'm fortunate to have a full-time remote job that is flexible around my school schedule, as I depend on this job for income and health care. I have a chronic illness that would most likely bankrupt me if I didn't have decent health care. Essentially, my weekdays look like this. Work from 7 a.m. to noon, then I leave for class from 12.30 to 5, depending on the day. Come home and work until 6 or 7 to make sure I maintain 40 hours a week. Eat dinner, try to relax with my spouse, and then head back to campus to get my necessary two to three hours of practice in. I could be booted from the program if I do not continue to improve in skill in this area. Then I come home sometime between 10 and midnight, decompress from the day for a little bit, go to sleep, and get back up at 6.30 to start the process over again. On top of this weekly schedule, I have performances outside of work hours, rehearsals, lessons I teach, auditions and recordings to take and make, and the normal duties of keeping a house from running into the ground with laundry, cooking, cleaning, etc., my spouse also works full-time and is pursuing an online master's degree and wow. grad certificate. Everyone is busy. <laughs> so busy. I don't honestly know how to ensure that I'm not letting my relationships, job, schoolwork, or practicing and performances slip over these three years. To make a long story short, do you have any advice as a full-time creative or creatives who have a full-time day job on productively pursuing your passions without isolating yourself or letting other facets of your life suffer for the sake of work and your art? or even advice on how to navigate my relationships during this intensive period of my life. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, my dude. It's a busy Holy schedule. Holy shit. Yeah. That's, I guess like my f like first thing would be know that this is temporary and it's very difficult right now. And I know that like, oh, pick yourself on your bootstraps and persevere is like so like crappy, but mm -hmm. also like know that yes, this sucks in the moment, but like, think of all the benefits this is going to have in the long term so like if you could just get through this you're going to be you're going to be feeling a lot better it's going to suck yeah Two years is a long time it is a very long time um yeah because i feel i i this i mean not to belabor the point but like this year i, I felt very fortunate and i got to do two really big projects that i was very excited about and passionate about i got to do uh, a simple walk two and sticky dragon adventures mm -hmm. but they were concurrent you know and right. so i was going into post as we were uh starting production yeah and and it was yet like we said you know the beyond the the nine to seven we we're shooting i didn't go home and do post for until 10 for or simple, 11 yeah. and then wake up and then up. you also have a partner and you yeah. have a home to maintain and um, it's like so dog dog <laughs> to play with yeah uh i was like okay <clears throat> It made it easier that they were there was things I was I cared about. It, yeah. I don't if you're passionate and it's like that certainly makes it more digestible than it's like I, if it's not something you really want to be doing, then I think you really do need to make a call. Like why are you burning it at both ends? Yeah. If it's if if it's not really worth it, mm. um, I guess one thing I would do is making you have all those things going on concurrently you need to find times to to focus on the leisure to, to, and well and focus on those things individually like like schedule time like hey i need to do stuff with my partner 
and yeah. focus on them in your relationship. Because if you're trying to do them all concurrently all the time, then yeah, things are going to suffer. And I think if you, you can do thing big things and, and work that hard for a while, but like you still have to prioritize them each individually at different times. Yeah. You know, I talked to my therapist about this too. Like when I'm in like really busy in the thick of production and, and I'm just like super stressed out and I feel like I'm being a bad boyfriend cause I'm just like not there and present for Kristen. You're getting a plus plus on your report card though. <laughs> I know, but you know, <laughs> but is it, it, are you getting graded on a curve? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. Uh, but he, he also said something similar. It's like scheduling and, and mm. it can be even as, and it sounds weird, but like scheduling sex. Yeah. Like, like you need to put these things on a calendar, and, and, and you, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you, uh, scheduling up for the next three weeks. Yeah, weird. my calendar <laughs> is full. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, scheduling is super important, and it might make it feel like kind of uh, I don't know, like cold and less romantic. But better that, and you you know that you're going to do that at that time than. Oh, we'll just like whenever we have the energy and all that. Because surprise, surprise, you're never going to have the energy. And right. Never f- find the spontaneity. And right. that's how you lose that that zest. And that's part of growing up, I think, and having yeah. more responsibilities. Um, I do agree with you. I think like trying to still give each of those things proper time when you can. I know obviously based off your schedule, it's almost impossible. But I don't know what your weekend schedule is like, but maybe – you know, at least planning one date a month yeah. with your partner and calling it call, pl- playing hooky, calling in sick on a day <laughs> yeah. or something so that you could do something special. I also know like there are some part time jobs that offer health care. Mm-hmm. Like so maybe I, I know you say you have a good job and you like it. So maybe that's not the solution you're looking for. But if it is a situation where the job is too much and you really want to pursue your doctor doctoral, um, don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um Maybe it's just finding a different job that offers healthcare and taking a part-time situation to also, give yourself some more time there. Depending upon the jobs and the relationship, maybe you can get healthcare through your partner. True. Um, mm, fair. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, it, that's it. Sounds like a challenging thing. Three years is a long time. Yeah. Um, so you, I think you, yeah, gotta find ways to make to, to find the joy in it and to yeah. I also wonder what the balance of, because he also mentioned, um, you know, keeping the house from falling apart. So, like, laundry, cooking, cleaning, maybe, et cetera. But maybe there's a situation maybe there's a, where, like, you could hire that's, I was gonna say. someone to do that. Or even, uh, like, I don't know what the workload of you versus your partner is, but I know since they are pursuing a master's degree and grad certificate, they're probably very busy, too. Yeah. So, maybe it's a situation where you swap weeks, mm-hmm. you know, like... Mm. Your partner does one week of laundry and chores, and then you do the next week. So it gives you both that leeway yeah. and that time. I mean, and I would say it's like if you're both uh, working hard to like earn more, get degrees that hopefully will lead to better paying jobs, yeah. then it's like maybe it is worth spending the money now to give you the sanity to get there. Even if you're like, because a lot of times to get, higher education you have to go into debt some and it's like well what's another sixty dollars a week to have uh so have someone, someone come and clean, clean yeah and do the laundry over three years if it's really going to like improve the quality of your life and then in the end make yeah, yeah like, it definitely yeah. is a luxury yeah it's a luxury yeah, but something that you could afford and invest in and that would free up your even your headspace a little that's bit. right yeah it's like little things like that I, that's kind of how there are certain little things that I will spend more money on for 100%. just for like 
the uh, convenience of it. It's just, just like like groceries. It's like I weigh out like okay, two hours going to at the grocery store, then coming back, out. and it's just like versus putting in the order, paying more, but. That's like, you know, you think about how much you're paying for that time. And it's like, I think my time is worth that. Again, I, it's it's the time is money mentality, which yeah. I think like once you're in a financially stable position, which I understand like not we're, we're very fortunate oh, yeah. to be and not everyone is in that situation. But if you are in a position, there is a sense of like, well, my time is money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you could save stress. I did the math. Hours of work <laughs> um, to give yourself back time. And if you're in that position, then I Are would. You, I, I I I did the math on um, <laughs> how much your your well well time is worth. Is this boy math? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, as far as grocery shopping, I I hate grocery shopping. I don't like, and I, so it would be one of those things. It's kind of like a haircut. That's sometimes I'll go months without haircut, um, and and. I was like eating out more and spending more money because I didn't have the time or wouldn't to. to to go grocery shopping and then cook and then like those things come up with what yeah, to cook. Yeah. yeah. Like I was, so I was actually spending more money by just ordering out food and doing that. And I was like, wait, if I just eat the cost of, of getting someone to deliver my groceries, I'll save money because I'm, I'm, I, I, they're, they're at You're my not house. having to go to the, yeah. Room. And I'm not spending $20 a meal to eat out. Right. right. Out, outside of like, you know, if you also, have, I give myself haircuts. They you look do great, a Chris. very they good job. It's not, not all as time. good as the one I gave you a few years ago. But. <laughs> Outside of trying to find those things that, that may or may not be, you know, like luxuries and, and things that you can or can't afford, uh, I would also say on like on a creative level, know when there's like diminishing returns. Like sometimes I'll like, I used to do like all-nighters where I'd write scripts and I'd wake up the next day after like an hour of sleep and I'd be like, well, this is the worst crap I've ever <laughs> written because I was so tired yeah. and foggy-brained versus, okay, I'm slowing down. It's like 10 or 11. I'm just going to put this away for now and then I'll wake up at like eight or nine in the morning and then I'll, I'll, I'll try it again. And it's like, that is so much more productive yeah. than trying yeah. to pr- push through. So like if you're struggling with creative stuff, just notice when you're not, you know, getting a return on that investment and then just step away from it because that's yeah. going to help a lot. It really does. Yeah. Like also your brain solves puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> like there, you can, you, you can, <laughs> you can be stuck on something um, and then not know what to do and bang your head for hours and hours and you step away. And then the next day, all of a sudden you're like, I know, I know exactly what to do. I see the matrix. Uh, I see all the code. It's like whenever you're like stay up late Friday night trying to beat a video game and you're like, I'm so crap at this. Dang it. And you wake up the next morning on Saturday and it's like your first try. You're like, oh, this boss fight was super easy. Yeah. Yeah. Your brain has just been thinking on it. Well, in that like in that vein, I wonder, too, if there's anything he listed here that he could give up because obviously like the job and, and school and stuff like that are no brainers. You can't really change that. But there's some other things like auditions, lessons, rehearsals recordings and stuff like that that you mentioned that maybe yeah maybe you could give up a couple of those things i don't know what's necessary for your program or what's like more of like personal yeah prioritize it really is time and in, in, in the projects that you're working on being able to say you have to say no to stuff sometimes yeah. even if you want to do it and there's just for your own sanity knowing when to say hey i can't i'm sorry i wish i could yeah. and, and that's that's something that i walked away from the pandemic with is just like knowing like okay i need to 
advocate for myself and say no to some things. And like, I always got in my own head and was like, God, people are going to think I hate them. And I, I, I'm going to appear to be a lazy employee. I feel like now the things that I do say yes to, I'm a much better person at because I'm like, yeah. not like, <laughs> so stressed out. yeah, I agree. And I think that's another thing that comes with age over time. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for your advice and thank you for your question. That Good. was a wonderful question. And if you have a question for us, you could email that to alwaysopen at roosterteeth.com. Good luck. If you haven't finished your holiday shopping yet, do not panic. There is still time to find incredible original gifts with the help of Uncommon Goods. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts for everyone in your life. They have unique and creative gifts, often handmade or made in the U.S. They even have uncommon experiences like tarot card readings, romantic map making, cooking, and mixology classes— and more if you're looking for a new way to have fun and connect with your loved ones. I found so many gifts for people I love on Uncommon Goods. I also want to point out they have browsing by interest. So just so you guys know, they have geek gifts, animal gifts, foodies, mixology, reading, travel, gardening, pretty much every category you could think think of. So if you have someone with a particular interest, you could just browse by interest and find something cool for them on their website. It's wonderful. Plus, with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash alwaysopen. That's uncommongoods.com slash alwaysopen for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're all out of the ordinary. We're excited to introduce a brand new sponsor, Diet Smoke. Diet Smoke is the premier source for THC products in all different strengths and sizes. They have THC gummies, drinks, and smokables, and each one is made to deliver a premium balance of flavor and effect. They seriously have something for everyone, whether you want something strong to unwind or a boost of energy to keep you going or a lighter option for a mellow high. You could even filter products by vibe like sleep, active, mellow, or buzzin' to find exactly what you're looking for. I love Diet Smoke, especially their Delta 8 gummies. I often get a little worked up from stress at work or if I just have a lot to deal with. The world is crazy. So sometimes I just want to vibe. That's actually my personal favorite choice from the list. Vibe and sleep are always great. But just getting to mellow out, focus on just relaxing does a great job and really allows me to let go of the day's stress. So don't settle for less. Join the Diet Smoke community and discover the buzz for you. Visit dietsmoke.com today and use the code OPEN for 50% off any item and enjoy your journey to cannabis bliss. Diet Smoke, your partner in finding the perfect THC products. All right, I think we have time for one more. I'm in a long-term relationship of five years with my fiance. We met on a dating app while we were both in college. We started dating pretty soon after I ended a long-term relationship that I was in since high school, even though I was definitely not looking for a relationship. I am slash was very much an introvert, and having a partner who was also an introvert, I never really made friends until that relationship ended. I feel like I missed out on the traditional college experience or even the chance to make significant friendships, which has always been hard for me. My current partner is an extrovert, with tons of friends, mostly females. I grew up as a tomboy, so I always gravitated towards having male friends and thought it would be okay, I would be okay with his friendships. But in my inexperience in relationships and due to past events, I have tons of anxiety slash overthinking of his friendships and interactions. He called me out on my behavior, which I totally agree with and was something I needed to work on. That was until Uh-oh. he started a new job and the pandemic started. We were working from home full time and he started acting really sketchy. 
He seemed very secretive, hiding his phone and going to the bathroom a lot. I had many emotional talks with him about my fears and worries, and he always assured me we would end up together, nothing was happening, and that he loved me. That was until he got drunk, and I snooped on his phone. He was messaging and receiving dirty pictures from a new female coworker, and it absolutely destroyed me. But I loved him, and we had already built this life together, and I didn't want to give it up, so I stayed. He ended up changing job locations, so he no longer works directly with her. At minimum, the first year after that was horrible. Constant fights, not believing he was actually sorry, not trusting him, snooping through his phone, tracking his location, just the epitome of crazy girlfriend. He has also shown just how emotionally manipulative and manipulative in general he could be. Even though he has shown tremendous growth and he's very open, we communicate and can both express our feelings. Everything should be good, right? We are currently engaged and are getting married, but I am scared of what the future holds for us. I am scared that we both deserve more and better in a partner, even though he has shown that I can trust him. I still hold on to that trauma and the cycle starts all over again. Any advice? Break up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm a stranger on the internet. You do not have to listen to me, but that is my knee-jerk reaction. Man. Um, This is a foundation of a lot of distrust and I'm worried. And if you're asking questions to strangers on the internet, it feels like you've already already figured out the answer and you need uh, affirmation. I... Would not be surprised if this happens again or is already happening um, or has happened in the past with this person. Uh, I think if someone is willing to do that and then almost gaslight you about it as well, that to me is very troublesome uh, and is kind of a sign of someone who doesn't necessarily feel like they were doing anything wrong Mm -hmm. uh, and might not have trouble doing it again. And from experience, (laughs) if someone does that, they will do it again. And that lack of trust will never go away. And I think that's like the biggest red flag in this situation is like you don't want to spend your life with someone who you are constantly like, who are they talking to? Where are they going? What are Mm -hmm. they doing? You want to be able to have complete and utter trust in your partner, especially your life partner. The bummer is that, like, it's like, oh, well, they moved to a different department or different I, location, I, that so is now a, it's better. That is a, like, a good step of, like, trying to make things better. Well, I don't know like, if they did that intentionally or they were. Or if it was but, like, that, I just, yeah. like I, that's a good effort. Like, I, if, I, if they intended it. It's always, like, scary to be like, oh, this is, you, you have to break up because you don't know all the context, but. Mm-hmm. True. Um, Very true. But. That does sound like a that from the context given. Yes, that is certainly like it seems like a, 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 a not a safe or I say not safe not a not a comfortable situation you'd want to spend the rest of your life in. Yes, um, I, I and yes, of course, every question we always answer on the show, we only have the context of what yeah, you guys yeah. write in. So um, and you do not have I, to listen. To us. <laughs> I, I, I do. I I would wonder with the context given. Um, the person who wrote in said that they're kind of an introvert. Mm-hmm. They dated someone they met in high school for a long time. Yeah, that was, their, I think, their and then they broke up, and then they almost immediately got into another long-term relationship. And if they're an introvert, I, I wonder how much of the them still being together is is out of comfort and feeling safe because they don't. That's what they know. It's unfamiliar. They, they, they they've been in a relationship for what? Like, Ten uh, years, I think, almost. I think he's, they said five years. Five years. Yeah, but with the previous, previously, yeah. uh, they don't really know a single. They don't life. know. Yeah, they were in a long-term relationship for five Before, years. Yeah. I'm not sure how long the, their current relationship is. Um, so it sounds like that, that's 
the the situation that they're comfortable with um and it can be very scary to to leave that and and, and or or Find change someone that else situation who's gonna, who you think um, is going to love you yeah it's it's tough i've been there i, I did, but then, that doesn't mean you shouldn't just because it is scary right i think i think that it, this is always like taboo bringing it up i think less for our generation but still like society uh, Kristen and I, before we get married, we're going to get married. Uh, before we get married, we're probably going to do couples counseling. It's something mm-hmm. that my therapist recommended. And it's just something, a, a way to like, hey, make sure that you guys are on the same path and that, that everything's good. Like, we already know it's going to happen, but it's also just one of those things where it's like, let's just do it just to make sure we're on a very firm, strong foundation for our marriage. Um, so I'd recommend something like that because having a third party there. That's a good idea. Yeah, couples counseling. That and then also recognize, I always talk about this, uh, sunk cost fallacies. Uh, you guys are engaged, so there's been a wedding ring, and there might have been like some dresses purchased or uh, you know places reserved, or even just time spent mm-hmm. in the been, relationship and planning the yeah. wedding. Yeah, and just yeah, so much you've time been together for five years. You've worked through a lot of issues, but there's so much that's been invested in this relationship already. But is that why you're sticking around, or are you sticking around because you genuinely love this person? Is it is it a comfort or, thing, or is it, it like you could also love someone and it not be the right person? Yeah. 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 Like you can, I love this person. I care about this person immensely, but they're not the right person for me, or this isn't the right time for us to be together. Or there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of things about this question that they wrote in that I pick up on details of even saying things like they're emotionally manipulative and just manipulative in general. Mm -hmm. It's your husband. Your future husband. That's the person you're going to be putting all your trust into for the rest of your life. And if you feel like they're a manipulative person or able to make you feel a certain way about them because of manipulation uh, or gaslighting you into thinking guess... that you're crazy. Also, don't call yourself a crazy girlfriend. I, I don't like that term. Um, you had a hunch. And yes, while it is taboo to go look in someone else's phone, the fact that you were proven right, I think like goes to show you had a hunch for a reason. Um, and if you don't feel like you could trust this person, or like are constantly questioning what they're doing or who they're talking to. Like again, it's going to drive you crazy. Yeah, I guess I'd be curious if it's been five years. I think the, what, the other really. Sorry, is five sorry. Years. If it's been a long term thing, the question is: Do you see it getting better? Mm. Genuinely, that's like, a good question. Do you do you feel like it's going to get better? Do you feel like it's? Where do you see, look five years in the future and be like, yes, I see. I mean, there's always going to be issues. And yeah, problems yeah, of course. and challenges, but like looking ahead, do you see it? Are you happy? I think there's also some stuff where like people will be like, ah, oh, this is broken, but you know what's going to bring us closer together? Having a baby or <laughs> getting married. You know, it's like people think that these life events can be band aids on a, on a broken situation and, and then you guys are going to come out on top and fix it and through like, this. Now we have a baby. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's, you know. Well, I also think, you know, at the end of the question she wrote, I'm scared that we both deserve more and better in a partner. Yeah. And I think if you even have a feeling that you think you might deserve better, you do. Yeah. Um, because like there should be, if you're, if you're about to get married to someone and ideally spend your whole life with them, you shouldn't be in a position where you're questioning I, that. It, you should know for a fact, this is my person. This, mm-hmm. There's another thing. And you will find your person, by the way. About that, that, I'm, that you, you reading it and bringing it aloud, like kind of made me think, that we both deserve better. Mm. That makes me think that they're not. They don't like the person they are. 
in their relationship. That's a very like they point. don't like who they are. Well, and they called themselves out on a couple of things yeah, too. Like, so yeah, that they are not happy with themselves and the way that they tr- the way they act while they're in that relationship. Yeah, yeah. Which is like that. You should you your partner should give you confidence in who you yeah, are and make they you should feel make like you feel better. And and yeah, if you don't like who you are, um, it's not necessarily your fault either. Yeah, that, you know, it's like. It's it's that dynamic doesn't sound healthy. Nope. But again, as, as both of these guys mentioned, we only have so much context for the situation. So obviously, our opinions take it with a grain of salt. Um, and only you really know what you should be doing in this situation. This is just our outside perspective and our take on what you've told us. Because <laughs> it's a very complicated situation to tell someone to break up with a fiance. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if this were me. I'd be out of there. Personally. What if what if this was like <clears throat> like Eva Mendez talking about Ryan Gosling? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Eva, just call me, girl. Babe. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. I'm sorry you're in this situation, but I hope for both you and your fiance's sake that you guys find happiness, and maybe that could be together. You know, I think couples counseling and figuring that kind of stuff out because maybe. He is growing and changing, and it wouldn't do that again. But again, it's trust is, I think, number one yeah. in a relationship. Yeah. Maybe even just taking a break and seeing if you're happier. I don't know how. Not I, a bad idea. Yeah. It, like, and but in that, see, like, you take a break and you're like, wait, it, maybe this is what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's yeah. so, sometimes it's hard, I think, to take to like fully commit to like, let's break up and end it versus being like, hey, let's take a break and reevaluate and mm-hmm. it, get, it makes it e- easier to like sw- an easier pill to swallow. I don't know if that's yeah, that, instead of it being that engagement is a lot of added pressure yeah. that does, that definitely complicates the situation, but I also don't think it should be, well, I think be... it rules the decision. Yeah. Were they engaged before? They're engaged right now. Yeah. Were they engaged before? It, it felt like to me, they improved after I that think, event. Yeah. It sounded like that happened. They, you know, improved. He, you know, Apologize. Got things got better, and now they're engaged. Is what I understood yeah. Yeah. from this. My read is they like they probably had like the honeymoon experience at the beginning of the relationship. Then things went sour, and then they got engaged, and now they went like breathe went fell in love again, and then now it's like well the doubts are kind of coming back. Mm. Yeah, which is like a you know a natural ebb and flow, but also like this one in particular doesn't sound like the healthiest. Mm-mm. Well, good luck. Thank you for writing us. Keep us posted. Send us another email uh, if anything changes. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having us. Woo-hoo. Of course. One more plug for Stinky Dragon Adventures before we go. Go check it out. Go watch it, please. We want to make more. And with your help, you too can feed a puppet in need. <laughs> <laughs> they eat felt and nothing else. <laughs> they eat their own flesh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for being on the show. And thank you guys for watching this episode of Always Open. Uh, we're very happy you're here with us. Go check out Stinky Dragon Adventures on stinkydragonpod.com as well as all the other fun content we have over on Rooster Teeth. Thank you for being here. Goodbye. Action surge. <laughs>